Hey everybody, welcome back into Indianapolis. It is time for some Snappy Jays. Snap Judge. This is not the Podcast Daily, even though it looks exactly like every other one we've done from Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. Not everyone, because one we did outside. Oh, that's right. Great point, Berm. Uh, he's Berm, I'm Austin Ward. And Friday morning, uh, a thousand people packed into one I don't know, 10 by 10 area to try and get information from Jackson Smith and Jigba and then CJ Stroud. It was not a fun media experience. Uh, it was fine for me. I wasn't in the mix, but I do think it's, you know, whatever. It's interesting that the NFL has decided to line them up like this. It was Bryce, Bryce Young 1, CJ Stroud 2, Anthony Richardson 3. Will that be how NFL teams draft them? Maybe. Is that just deference to Bryce Young because they like him better? They put him up first? I don't know. Because Stroud is actually... S is before Y in the alphabet. It is, yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly how they determined when these guys would go. I wish they wouldn't have forced them to be out there at 8 a.m. Like, probably would have been better for everyone if these guys would have been here at, like, 11. Um, but, you know, whatever. I, I continue to just be super impressed by everything about C.J. Stroud and the growth. And I've talked about this on Snap Judgments and other shows before, but the type of dude he is now versus what he was when we saw him out at Rancho Cucamonga High School in 2019 yeah. is so different. And the confidence is there, but it's not like a cockiness. And, and it's not, it doesn't feel fake to me when you listen to CJ talk. And um, I think sometimes when you are around these guys a lot of times and you hear a lot of coach speak and platitudes and all this stuff, it doesn't feel genuine. And with CJ, it really does. Like, I really think that he's taken on a much different mindset than any player we've seen become a superstar at Ohio State in the last few years. Like he's actually become more relatable and more personable as he's grown bigger in stature, which is very, very rare. We've talked about this a lot because uh, we've known him for so long and because he's always been pretty much an open book, he's become more and more polished, as you said, and understands what uh, the goal is of a media session and what we're all trying to do. So he's gotten better at that but it's not because there was ever some unwillingness to to speak his mind or you know open up his heart mind chest any of that to anyone who wants to ask that's always been there for him I think you know I think back to after Nebraska when everyone was making a huge deal out of I'm not a running back he's gotten better at answering even that question yeah. like the the actual answer has not changed the description the way that he describes his decision-making process and the fact that, uh, you know, he can throw guys open, that he trusts his arm, that everybody wants to eat, that you have good skill position players. like, And then even adding in, well, there were some games late this year where the hamstring was hurt, didn't feel like he could physically run. Like All of that was packed into a pretty neat, concise answer. He's gotten really good at that. And that's, if you're an NFL team, I know that this is just a fraction of it, but you're, if you're a franchise quarterback, you are literally the face of the of the franchise, and you have to go out and do media interviews several times a week, win or lose. You have to be part of that. CJ is really, really good at it, and he's got more experience at both dealing with the highs and lows and the scrutiny of any quarterback in this draft. Like that, Bryce Young, for all of his success, hasn't had to deal with that. Anthony Richardson has never wanted a high level. Will Levis is. I don't understand why we're even having putting these people in the same conversation. Um, people can say that we're only talking about CJ because we've known him for a long time, because he plays at Ohio State, he's the one we know best. I don't know how any outside observer could watch what happens 
even just here at the combine, which is, again, they're not in pads and they're not playing a game, and come away thinking that he's not the best quarterback overall in this draft. Yeah, and I just like the, the ability, and he's shown this through his career at Ohio State. He was the one of two players at the podium after the Georgia loss. Like, he understands that he's accountable. And even talking about the running thing, he said, I wish I would have run more. I know I could have. I know I should have. And so when you hear him say that, it does, you know, there was – and there was some biting to that. There was a part of that is saying they should have let me run more. They should have asked me to run more. And there's the other side of it, which is I should have done it when I had the opportunity in other instances. So I like that he's just providing that balance. And it just continues to impress me who he is. And again, I I watched, I was standing next to Bryce Young. He was a little thicker than I thought. I haven't seen him really since. I mean, I saw him last summer at the Elite 11. He was out there with CJ. And he looks like he's bulked up a little bit since then, which is clearly a By design. A, 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 his prerogative yeah. and, and what the, his agents are telling him, he's got to get thicker if he's going to play in the NFL at five foot ten. But you know, he, he he's a great quarterback, and I don't think any team is going to go wrong with CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Um, I, I just think when you stand them side by side, like, and you put on the tape, I don't think that there's enough of a difference in what Bryce Young does on the field to what CJ Stroud does on the field to make up for the difference of what they are when you stand them next to each other. And so, I mean, I wasn't entirely on the CJ Stroud as the number one overall pick train coming into this week. But when you see those guys side by side, and I'm, I'm interested to see what happens on Saturday and they get out there and throw and see what it looks like. But um, Bryce, Well, you know what he's going to do and Bryce you know isn't throwing. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I guess that's true. So uh, CJ is the number one pick. You got it. You heard it here <laughs> first. But no, I mean, it, it's, it's awesome to see him. And it's great that all, they at least – for our sake, had Jackson Smith and Jigba go right before CJ so we can get out of here of this convention center super early on Friday morning. But um, very rainy outside, uh, so we don't like that. But we do like Jackson Smith and Jigba saying he's not just a top five receiver in this draft. He's a top five player in this draft. And I promise you, if he's healthy, he is. Like, I don't even think it's a, I don't even think it's a debate if he's healthy. And, and that was something he said that he wasn't 100% until two weeks ago. That's a long time for a hamstring injury. And um, it, as we expected and as we've heard throughout the week, Jackson will not run the 40 on Saturday. He said he expects to do the rest of the workouts. Uh, as a side note, later on on Friday, Cam Brown will not run the 40. Uh, and it's still unclear if he will do uh, the rest of those workouts. Uh, we have some more coming uh, on Dream Chaser that can help explain that to you. So keep an eye on that. Uh, pretty interesting episode from the Combine. Uh, but. You know, Jackson's situation is really interesting. It, he also went in depth about wish that he'd made different decisions with the hamstring and he was too competitive and tried to rush it back. There was no blaming of the training staff. There was no, um, you know, any strength medical people. They forced him to do that. Like he said he was a competitive and wanted to push back. We've been saying that all along. I don't feel like going traveling back in time to having the same conversations we had in September, October, but he was doing everything possible, seeking outside treatment, seeking outside advice, trying to push because he wanted to be back for Iowa. And then that became the bigger issue. So he did go back through that, the pain uh, of having to miss that, the frustration of having to finally pull the plug that he wasn't going to be back in time for the national championship. Uh, if anyone was still doubting the severity of that injury, the fact that he said two weeks ago was the first time he was 100% and the first time he could actually start running some 40s, that should tell you uh, – Again, just how severe that setback was in mid-October. Um, be interesting to see what he does. Uh, everyone wants to see Jackson Smith and Jigba run the 40. 
<clears throat> I don't know what it does or doesn't change for his stock. It shouldn't. No, because but, he's not a guy who's being drafted on his 40 anyway. Yeah. Being drafted on everything else he does. And the fact is with Jackson, I think what, what's upsetting probably to him, and I guess by proxy I'll, I'll, I'll absorb it, is that there were people who were doubting his competitiveness and doubting him as a as a fighter as a like he ruined the rest of his junior season because he was fighting so hard to get back if he would have slowed down and said hey i'm going to be back for michigan then instead of iowa which ohio state would have been fine with but he wanted to get back out there and so it's just a very difficult situation i understand people saying hey maybe ohio state staff should have said no way no way but if you have the best receiver in the country and he says i'm good to go then you play him yeah and that's it's it's not like you can put a machine up to a hamstring and go, well, this one looks, uh, it's only 88%, Jackson. It's not a cell phone battery. You know, it's not like filling up on the back of his leg. So I don't know how you judge it other than by what he says. And, you know, I, I'm glad that he answered that question first and foremost, not running the 40, get it out of the way so people know. Um, but I said, that's not what his draft status is going to be based on anyway. Those two guys, because there were a million uh, NFL media members, didn't have to really talk that much about their Ohio State careers. Thank goodness. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, CJ certainly did, and he always will. There, there's a lot of platitudes for, for Brian Hartline, a lot of uh, platitudes from CJ Stroud for Ryan Day and the offense. And I thought it was interesting that CJ made it a point to talk about that the Ohio State offense is more complicated than people think because it has become this knock that we've I've joked about earlier this week on the live show, like, Oh, they're successful, so now they're too good to play in the NFL. Like the offense is too good, so they can't do anything else. Like it doesn't make sense. So um, CJ was, you know, talking about that. And I thought it was a good day for both of them. Should Ohio State start taking worse players? Yes, and then that way they'd have more to prove in the NFL. I guess so. I mean, either get a worse offensive system or worse players, mm-hmm. and then if you succeed, then you have proven yourself. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Without question. Uh, overall, I mean, I think that this, I mean, we're, this will be the last video we do from the Combine. We're going to. You don't want to talk about the offensive line on Saturday? Not particularly. But, I mean, we might. Uh, who knows? We'll see. Uh, but overall, I mean, I think if you look at it, Zach Harrison doesn't work out. And we talked about that on this morning's podcast daily. It was a slight hamstring tweak that's kept him out. Cam Brown, same issue. Not a hamstring tweak, just trying to make sure that he doesn't do anything that he doesn't need to do. As long as he goes out and runs a 4-3 at, at, at Ohio State on March 22nd, that's it doesn't change anything. Jackson Smith and Jigba not running. So, like, the C.J. Stroud experience on Saturday is sort of now the only thing to really watch. Yeah, I think it's – it doesn't hurt anything with the stock. That I've come to this conclusion. We talked about it yesterday. Like, I don't know how much it's going to change for guys who have a lot of film, like Zach Harrison. Now, Cam Brown, if you run a 4-2, like he said that that was the goal, like you'd get super rich off that. That would be a legacy they would show you every year. Uh, like That would be a pretty significant moment. Like Doing that at the comp, at, the, at Pro Day is meaningful for the NFL, but it's not going to be something that becomes... But like, also, he wasn't going to run a 4-2. Yeah. Well, you don't know. I'm pretty confident. That he wasn't going to run a 4-2. But I do think he can run a 4-3, and and that's still a whole lot of money. But that's not going to change between now and Maybe he meant 4.29. Maybe, I guess. I mean, I I guess I could buy that. But it's still – it's setting a goal that is fairly lofty. I don't know what Cam's fastest time at Ohio State ever was, but he's put on weight since he left school, and he's – I just don't buy it. Yeah. 
here. I believe it's like 4.32, but we'll ask him that yeah. uh, on another episode of Dream Chaser because we're going to have to we're going to dive back into that decision for him and the implications that it has. Again, I, I like that. This has become such a strange, strange event. I'm glad that you got to really experience it. Yeah, I mean, I, I ultimately I don't think I, I believe that the NFL Combine should be separated. I think it should be split up into the players that are invited for interviews. And then the players that have to come here to work out and try to get a shot to be drafted. I don't think that all these guys should be in the same spot because there's no, if there's no requirement to work out, then why are you here? Um, interviews, I get it. It's convenient to bring everyone to one central location. That's cool. Um, you know, players will still have their individual team meetings and fly around the country over the next month and a half. So <laughs> I don't understand entirely what the point of this is anymore. Yeah. Cancel the combine NFL. Oh. That wasn't what you just said. You wanted to split it. Now you're well, now, now one step further. Yeah, I'm canceling this iteration. Needs to be kaput. Okay, doesn't make sense. I, like I said, I'm glad that you got to experience it with me and all the fun of getting elbowed out of trying to talk to somebody that you've covered for four years. Uh, you know, it's the way it goes. I it, guess he belongs. He belongs to them now. To the NFL, we just have to let him go. But, it's not easy. You know, I, I I got a chance to see CJ. He was finishing up an interview with ESPN, and he came up and said, "You know, I'm built for this. I'm I'm ready for this." And then he was talking to ESPN about mac and cheese or something. I don't know. He said he likes to cook soul food. I'm like, you don't cook soul food. But he apparently now he does. So he's really grown since he left here. Um, it, it's fascinating to watch these guys. It is interesting from the recruiting perspective because you got like Jackson Smith and Jigbo is writing his weekly journal um, in, as a senior year of high school for us, you know, talking about his games against, you know, um, teams in, in Texas. Like, and now he's being lauded by the NFL. It's a weird world because I'm like, this dude, I had to edit all this guy's assignments. You know, it's weird. It, it is the most fun part to see them uh, in reach of their goals uh, after all the hard work that they put in because it has been a lot and they take uh, a lot of bullets because they they choose uh, and did and chose to play at one of the most scrutinized places in all of college football. It's a proving ground. Certainly CJ Stroud has done that. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba wanted to do it more. Um, Cam Brown's still looking for an opportunity to do that consistently. Zach Harrison on down the line, like it, it but it is, it, we've known them all since they were just really young kids and now uh, ha having to handle you know, grown up adult responsibilities and then a lot of checks too. So that's good for yeah. them. Do you believe CJ when he said, no. I almost mm -hmm. came back to no. school? No, no, no. Like I, I, I do believe, I know there was some discussion that was happening as, you know, up until his declaration for the NFL. I don't know that I believe that it would, I would describe it as almost chose to. The, the wording that he used was the first time that I've, I was ever like, I don't believe that. Yeah. I mean, I Ohio State and various uh, advertising agencies put money out there that was on the table for him. That did happen. He did think about the fact that he didn't win the game, that he didn't win a national championship. As he mentioned multiple times, he thought he could, he, he should have won two Heisman's if he had won the game. Um, there's probably, I think he's probably correct about that. At least one, um, but possibly two. And, uh, you know, that will sting. So that part did have to sit in the back of his mind, but Again, there's a difference between four to six million and forty to sixty million, and that ultimately, his decision never changed. We knew what that was going to be before the season even started. I mean, 
it is interesting that he wants to talk about it. And again, but that speaks to how much these guys do actually, despite choosing Ohio State and all of the rigors that come with it, they, they do enjoy that experience. And it is hard because once you step out of that, like you turn into this world and it, you don't get it back. This is a different world, you know, kids hold on to your youth. Okay. Mm. Don't let go. Go to your high school prom. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy it. That's great advice from Berm, as you can only get that here on Snappy Jays, coming to you live from the Indianapolis Convention Center across the street from Lucas Oil Stadium, where some Buckeyes might work out. CJ Stroud will. We'll see what, what else happens uh, before we head back to Columbus and before we get ready for spring ball on Tuesday. Uh, very much looking forward to that, but it's been great to talk ball all week. Uh, the last people left to talk will have Dewan Jones, Paris Johnson, and Luke Whipler on Saturday morning. Uh, we'll have some coverage of that and then uh, get ready for Tuesday. He's Berm. I'm Austin. These have been some snap judgments on the podcast. We will see you later.